1: Plummer going to try to hit it in the air. What a catch for the touchdown by Milton Wright. Milton Wright peaking behind the defender. Hart brought it in with that right arm. And the Boilermakers have their first touchdown of the afternoon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Behind the Rails podcast for Purdue football. I'm Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, and with me, as always, is former Purdue running back Corey Sheets, and we are here to talk about Purdue's first defeat of the season, a 27-13 loss to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on Saturday, but uh, we're still moving forward with the season, so how are you doing today, Corey? I'm already, right, so how are you doing, Travis i am good i am good uh and before we get going we do have a quick ad that we want to work in we now have some ads here so got to pay the bills a little bit and then we will get right into it with uh notre dame notre dame content we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And we're back. Uh, those are some great ads and some products and services to do. But uh, as we were saying, we're going to be talking here about Purdue's 27 13 loss to Notre Dame on Saturday. And I guess I want to get kind of your impressions, Corey, of what went down with the game. Obviously, Purdue's toughest opponent to date. They had their chances, just weren't really able to uh, take advantage of things. I, I wouldn't
2: even say that's the toughest opponent. I feel like Oregon State was a more challenging opponent than Notre oh. Dame was. And that's, oh. and he's just being real critical of how we played uh, as far as – I don't know how many series it was on of offense where – all we did was run three screen plays back-to-back-to-back to back to back and then kick a field goal. Or on defense, where we were
1: just lackluster, but the D-line did their thing. It was definitely an interesting game because Purdue had a lot of momentum early, and then they had excellent field position. They're up 3 nothing, and... They end up not converting on fourth down. They tried the end-around sweep to Milton Wright. Didn't work out. Then the next three drives ended in three-and-out punts. And that's not that's not the way you seize momentum.
2: I mean, the end-around, that was a bad call. That happens every now and again. But as right. far as those other three, three-and-outs, like, nah, that's – the, the, the off, as far as I'm concerned, the offense was really just – it was real bland. Like, it wasn't – trying trick plays don't make that offense spicy. Right. But I feel like a lot of offensive coordinators do things like that, to try and sprinkle in some, some razzle-dazzle with a,
1: a nonsense trick play. Right. And we had a tendency to do that. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at the play chart here, and it's pretty – pretty frustrating that twice Purdue had third and one on those three and outs and they weren't able to convert and get one yard against a Notre Dame run defense that had struggled really to that point in the season. So then they passed. Well, what was those plays? Like passes or runs? Uh, First one was uh, Dylan Downing had run for seven and for two, and then he got stuffed for a loss of two. And on, 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 the,
2: on the third and ones or the fourth and ones or whatever.
1: Yeah, it, it was the third and one on the first three and out. He he got stuffed for a loss of two, and then on the next third and one, he also got stuffed for uh, he uh, Downing caught a pass, but it was for a loss of three. So that's another one of those like
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't I don't even understand why you even throw that. Like when I was playing, it was a thing called sticks. You run to the yeah. sticks, and your, your, your route don't stop until
1: after you pass the sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take a look over. Oh, I gotta get to the sixteen. All right, I'm gonna like, run to the fifteen. <laughs> exactly right. <like, laughs>
2: I don't. A few of those play. It, I'm. I, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's uh, football IQ. It, it just seemed like things were, just wasn't clicking
1: for me on, on offense. It, and it was. It was hard to watch. To be honest with you. And really, Purdue got to halftime. I felt they were lucky to be down only seven. Uh, Notre Dame had missed a field goal in there. I think they had just missed on a long pass for for a touchdown and there there were plenty of opportunities and I think that's what made this game so frustrating is you know a lot of Purdue fans were expecting it was going to be challenging to win up there before the season you get your hopes up after the way Notre Dame started slowly and then you have a game like this where they lose but they had their opportunities and to me, that that's just kind of a strange line to walk. Of the well, I kind of expected that, and I'm still disappointed.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like people give Notre Dame a lot more credit than they deserve in this win, and as far as their season is going, just from watching and and doing the research, right? So, well, people were saying, "Oh, we, we we were supposed to lose this game," and it was no, nah, we wasn't. Like we had plenty of opportunity. Our defensive line played great. Our secondary, I'll give him a B. Linebackers, Man. B plus. We should. I feel like if if we opened up the offensive playbook just a little bit, right. <laughs> I mean, the the run wasn't there. The, the, our offensive line didn't play that well.
1: Right. That that was a major issue. I think. Yeah. Jake was running all over the place. So, and even in all that it's still a one possession game when we had to punt it back to him with six minutes to go. You're still in the spot there where defensive stop, you get the ball back, you still got a chance to tie or take the lead. And exactly. So that's, that's just
2: having the balls to just do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so really, uh, the defense was playing well, they weren't playing great, but they was playing well enough to be like, all right, let's go and gamble with the, If we don't, if we don't succeed, then
1: we still lose. Or like, what's the, what's the difference? Like, <laughs> and, and really notre dame only hit on three play three big plays all day and that was kind of the difference they had a 39 yard pass for score, a 62 yard pass and a 51 yard run that's 150 that's almost half their yards on three plays the second
2: touchdown that was just miscommunication like it was no way in yes. hell. no there's no way in hell. you don't have a safety sitting over the top of that and the the I don't even know what it is. The slot back, he's he's sitting in his in his back pedal instead sort of turning and running with, with him. So, right. so, somebody ain't taught or like something didn't get relayed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm literally watching that like get out of your back pedal, get out of your back pedal. What the f-? like. <laughs> It's like the, the, the different things you see when you're not sitting around a bunch of actual fans that never play football, to when you're sitting around a bunch of people that actually play football. Like everybody's watching the same thing, so you like you get get used to watching the, the mistakes.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. You've got a lot more experience at an even higher level than, than these guys have so far, and so you see it. And not only that, you've been it's been drilled into you in practice you've been seeing it in film your entire life and everything else right. so of course you're going to see more of that
2: yeah like all, all my buddies were, were defenders like i didn't I, I didn't really hang out with the offensive guys i hung out with the defensive guys i want to know what they was talking about oh, of
1: course <laughs> that that way you can get the tips
2: and tricks on how to how to get exactly. yourself through the defense exactly <laughs> they, ne- they never <laughs> noticed why under understand why when we scrimmage I knew all the, the checks and, and calls because I'm sitting here listening to y'all talk about them. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what did yeah. you think? What did you think about the fourth quarter quarterback change then from uh, Plumber to O'Connell? I know Coach Brom mentioned Plumber might have been t- taking a couple extra hits and everything, and I know he's not afraid to do the change of pace quarterback. He panicked. That was not something that was very common. I know with he pan- uh, Taylor he with you guys. Because,
2: like you said, it wasn't like the game was out of hand. Jake was playing that bad. He
1: really just—he was running for his damn life. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the offensive line has got to get better. They have to find a way to get better in order to open things up. I mean, when you run for fifty-seven yards, and I'm looking at the stats here, I wouldn't even run I wouldn't even for fifty.
2: Say, no, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say that the runs, the run yardage, was indicative of. The run offense, because we didn't run the ball that much. We what was like fifteen or seventeen rushes? Uh, twenty-five. Oh, it was twenty-five. It didn't seem like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but two two point three yards a carry. Wait, wait
2: wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How how many of those was a quarterback getting sacked or or running for something?
1: Uh, it looks like Plummer had four, y- four carries for three, for minus three yards. So I so think he got sacked officially twice. That, that drops to 21. Then the sacks. Is I know clean. O'Connell had one run for eight yards, but he got the first down out of it. So that's, tw- that's 20. <laughs> and, and then Dovru had one carry for 31 yards. So you take away dover's carry, you're, you're suddenly down to 26 yards on 24 carries no I ain't going to get it done
2: on on 19 carries that's not nah, you, you got to take away the right. yeah so that's nah, that's not that's not you don't establish a, a run offense like that and i don't know why we were doing those uh uh the play action yeah. play action doesn't work when there's no threat <laughs> Like, if i'm if i'm a defensive end and i see the the quarterback going like this the hell with that! Somebody inside got that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for this sack because <laughs> just in case he, he
1: pulls it, I get to celebrate on TV. Like, like. <laughs> or even better, you knock the ball out and get to pick it up and uh, run for glory.
2: That, that too, like it's you can't you can't you can't have play action passes without actually having an actual run defense. I mean, a run offense, like. I, I I don't know who's who's calling these plays. Like, I, I, I want to like the guy, but.
1: <laughs> uh, it's Brom's brother. It's Brian Brom. Uh,
2: what else we got to talk about? I'm not going to leave that one there. Like, I, I've, been known, I've been known for running my mouth. I'm going to just stop.
1: <laughs> well, remember, we are not affiliated with Purdue officially in any way, shape, or form. So I, I
2: still want to like us. <laughs>
1: All right. With, with that, we will take a quick break for another ad read here. And then we'll get back and we'll start to talk about some of the positive things that happened on Saturday. So we will be right back. Exciting news, our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric, sunglasses, and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contests, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. PlayActionPools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. And we're back. And that was another wonderful ad break. Glad that we could work that in there. And uh, we do thank our sponsors as we actually have sponsors now. So we're really coming up in the world.
2: Hey, appreciate (laughs) (laughs) y'all.
1: But as I was saying before the break, there were a few things that I think that were working pretty well. I I honestly was a big fan of, like you said, the defensive line really did a great job bottling things up before Kyron Williams broke the 51-yard touchdown that kind of busted the game open and sealed it.
2: I mean, it would held them
1: to 70 yards rushing on 33 carries, so... It, it's nice to see that improvement, and I think that that's something that's going to be significant going forward the rest of the season. Let me say, what's the other uh, defensive end's name? I can't remember it offhand just now. Oh, Demarcus Mitchell.
2: That boy played well.
1: Yeah. he Mitchell had a very good season last year, and he is. I know his name he, now. Yeah, he's one of those guys that can really benefit from all the attention Karloftis is giving. And that's what I
2: noticed. It was like they was trying to double-team Karloftis, but he was beating that bullshit. And Mitchell was coming around the end just picking up his change. Like, I got this.
1: Don't worry about it. (laughs) Some would say double-teaming. Some would say holding. uh, They were screaming for holding calls. But I... What What is your opinion on that? Is there holding on every play? Is there yeah. not holding on yeah, every play? Uh, a couple of buddies of
2: mine by the name of Desmond Tardy and, and – and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, Desmond Tardy and Greg Orton, they used to say, if you're not holding, you're not blocking. So, <laughs> <laughs> And they were wide receivers. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got, you got to have them blocking downfield for you,
1: too. Exactly. You love when those wide receivers are blocking.
2: If you're not, if you're not holding, you're not blocking. But, yeah, of course, it, there's holding on every single play. It's just depending on where the rough eyes are at the moment. Like, if Carl if Loftus complains about it for three plays, four plays in a row, or two series in a row, all right, then he's going to look at Carl Somebody on the other side might be getting held too. <laughs> like, yeah. As as a, I'm going to say, a a blue-chip athlete, you got to expect that. Like, if you're not getting held, they don't care about blocking you. (laughs) Right, and sometimes it's kind of their
1: last resort because they know they can't block you clean. Exactly. So if you're not getting held, you're not – who are you? (laughs) Uh, Looking at some of the other stats here, Purdue finished the game with seven tackles for loss and four sacks, which – are some really, really good, nice totals, considering coming into the game, Purdue only had two sacks on the season, and it looks like 11 tackles for loss, so they were able to get in the backfield and cause some disruptions. Jalen Alexander, uh, sack on the first play of the game, really kind of set the tone, and I thought that was really going to get things going. Another player that I thought uh, did really, really well was uh, Jalen Graham, who – uh, ended up forcing a pretty big fumble. And mm-hmm. if, if Purdue could have fallen on that early, that could have made a difference too. So it's nice to be able to get that pressure. And I think that that is going to be critical the rest of the season. So it it's encouraging while at the same time, like you said, the offense just being really vanilla, watching the play calling. That that kind of just took away from what I thought was a very good defensive effort on Saturday. As much as,
2: I'm not even going to say what was it? What was the
1: time of possession? You remember? You got it in front of you. Yeah, let me get that up here. It was Purdue had the ball for thirty-four minutes to Notre Dame's twenty-six. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Usually, when you when you see something like that, usually the, the people with the ball the longest won. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to make too much of the two turnovers. Uh, Purdue had two turnovers. Notre Dame had none, but both of those were interceptions after the last touchdown. So it's while Purdue's trying to press to get back in the game. So Plus the, wasn't uh, those from the backup guy? Yeah, they they were both from O'Connell. That shit don't count.
2: Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, great great for those re- those DBs that caught those picks, but yeah, like it, it had it had no determination on the, the outcome of the game right at that point they're just trying to see what he has like they're not right win the game they're trying to see if this guy remembers this package or if he can go out there and make a big play when things are down like they're testing him just in case two games from now they got to take jake out of it like yo yep.
1: <laughs> it's your team now <laughs> <laughs> and, and o'connell honestly one of the things that I find extremely interesting about O'Connell is in his career, he's almost like a baseball uh, baseball closer. His first real serious action, he comes in, he leads Purdue down the field to beat Nebraska. And then the next week he has to make a career start, he leads Purdue down the field trying a game-winning drive to beat Northwestern. So his first two games, he ends up with last five-minute fourth-quarter game-winning drives. And then he does it last year in the season opener against Iowa. And he also had a pretty big drive to send the Indiana game to overtime in 2019. So he is a guy that has proven himself late in the fourth quarter who can get it done. And it's it's interesting to see that. I don't think you would ever go with the strategy of, okay, this is our guy for three quarters and then we're going to the closer. But it's just a unique analogy, I think. I mean, to be honest with you, yes great to hear,
2: but football is a sport to win whatever you done for me lately. Right. <laughs> and lately, you threw two picks and <laughs> I mean, I get it, but yeah, they're, they're, that's. I promise you, if, if, if he was at practice, he might get a couple more reps than he did last week. And you ultimately want one guy to be the guy. It depends on the system. Because we've seen systems where there were two quarterbacks and the backup quarterback get drafted higher than the starting quarterback. So like,
1: <laughs> it all depends on the system. And, and I think it, I think it makes more sense when the backup has a little bit different of a skill set. Cause I know a lot of people have wanted to see what Austin Burton can do because Burton is a more mobile quarterback than Plummer or O'Connell O'Connell and Plummer are kind of so similar. It's like, all right, what, what does each of them offer? Even two years ago, uh, three years ago, during, four years ago now, I'm sorry, uh, during Brahms' first season when David Blau and Elijah Sindelar were splitting time, Blau was a more mobile quarterback. He could get out and do some stuff with his feet. He could turn something out, he could get something out of nothing, whereas Sindelar was the more statuesque pocket passer. And I, I, that's why I just, I don't get the whole, let's split time with uh, O'Connell and Plummer, because they're they're similar players, they're similar passers. Now, obviously, the biggest thing from the game is the injury to David Bell. And yeah, and as Purdue, after seeing what happened to poor Rondale two years ago, you have this transcendent talent, a guy who is obviously going to be very successful at the next level, and to see him go down like that and just drop as he did, it was just, oh my goodness. He did sent a message out on Twitter yesterday that said that, you know, he was okay. He was going to, he was working through that, through it and everything else. And then today coach Brom said he's in concussion protocol, but I mean, you, you don't get better if you lose a guy like David Bell for any significant amount of time.
2: Nah, especially when you don't have the next guy emerging already in and- it ain't like we had somebody just start showing off once he went down. So I, I expect this practice to be, I mean, this week's practice to be full of a lot of goes and dig routes and posts to see who can right. be that next guy to take over the team because uh, he's not playing this week. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, so that's your opinion then. Is, I mean, he was, he was <laughs> out for a while. I, I kind of would be surprised. I, I don't want to get cocky, but I, I like to think that we could beat Illinois without him uh, because they're they're really struggling right now. But you you lose him for any significant amount of time and it's going to hurt. And you mentioned guys that were getting ready. I thought Mershon Rice had looked pretty good through the last two games. He had a couple nice catches on Saturday. Had a touchdown at UConn. He is out too. Apparently he had a foot injury, and (laughs) I kind of thought he was the next in line behind David.
2: So. (laughs) Next in line, he's down to it. They both sit next to each other talking about man, you looking at these boys. There's uh hor-, 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 hor how you say his name how you say his name? I don't know. I, I keep uh, messing with it. yeah. Is, is he co- is he coming back?
1: <laughs> uh a couple weeks they said. Oh man. So, so Yeah. They said he had a broken bone in his leg they had to fix, but they think he can be back in a couple of weeks, so
2: Man, it's not oh, this, this, this young man's foot just because they want to have a couple of extra carries for him in the seat and let him rest up until it's healed. It, it's no rush for that. Like. Well,
1: and like, like when I saw today on Twitter, someone's like the, yeah, Bell's not coming back because he's got nothing to prove and just go off to the NFL. And, you know, on the one hand, uh, I don't know, but on the other, it's like, you know what? I, I wouldn't blame the guy.
2: I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't blame the guy, but if that shit backsfires, like that exactly. UBSA life is not
1: something that's welcoming. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. So no, I'm
2: here. I'm here to tell you, it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I trust you, man. You lived it. No, so.
2: no it's, it's not.
1: Like, regardless,
2: if you if you're good or not, like if you don't get the opportunity to shine,
1: like. <laughs> That's, that's he, how you end up saying, in Canada
2: and win a great. I was the, the, the CFL is, is open. <laughs> <laughs> so no, nah, nah, he need to, if if he's able to come back this season, he need to come back and, and do his thing. Show the show the if it's an NFL thing, then show the league you come back and bounce back from injury and still be the same person. Right. That's gonna go a lot longer sitting out and, and right. showing up for the combine if you getting invited. Like, like I said, that was good and all, but I don't know if he's done enough to get invited off of junior year. <laughs>
1: well, I, I obviously want what's best for him. Cause that was, that was a hell of a hit he took, man. Oh, I mean, and, uh, what,
2: did they, hold on. which did they, they not call it. They
1: ain't call it targeted. Did they? No, they did not. There, there was uh, much consternation about that <laughs> on uh, Purdue Twitter and whatnot. So
2: I mean, I man put his elbow in the back of his neck.
1: Like (laughs) it was, it was tough, man. It was, it was hard to watch. And you just have those, you see a guy go down in a heap like that and just start twitching and you're just like, Oh God, no. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong.
2: What's crazy is like I'm from the era to where as a defensive, you was taught to not to do that to a person. Like, right. So in my eyes, as far as it being a clean football play. Yes. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's a violent sport, like
0: you try yeah. to knock
2: knock the person down as, 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 any way you can. It, besides putting your foot on them, like and they, that's a big penalty. But right, you try to get them down any way you can. Like if you hit them with a the hip, you, you do that. But mm-hmm. nowadays, right. you, it's 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 not that same. It's not the same game. So diving like
1: that into a person, you can't do. <laughs> right, and it's it's a. It's a progression they got to make. There's changes happening all the time, so uh, we do wish David the best. Uh, hopefully, to see him back out there. Really, not a whole lot else to say. Uh, you don't want to dwell on a loss too much, but you got a game here against Illinois, where Purdue is favored by ten points. And I guess uh, as we're winding down here, what is one of your initial things to talk about on the Illini here before we shut things down and then get ready for our preview in a couple of days?
2: To be honest with you, if I was a coach inside of Purdue staff, I wouldn't even be talking about Illinois. I'd be strictly talking about us. Like I know this, this is a game like most people expected Purdue to lose or to come out tough. But how you respond to a loss is just as important as how you get to win, in my opinion. Right. So if if I was the coach, I would be strictly preaching. Hey, it's This is about us. It's not about what Illinois does or who they lost to or who they struggled against and how horrible the defense is. or <laughs> But, you get it, it's like I wouldn't be talking about them. I'd be talking about us, the offensive line. We need y'all to get through the season, to have with the next play, the next game. We need y'all to get better in order to carry throughout the season. Defensive line, keep doing what you're doing secondary we need y'all to start showing up y'all look good we need y'all to start playing good so jake keep doing what you're doing we're gonna get you some protection
1: right and receivers and that's the biggest thing.
2: Y'all got i got they got, got some shoes to fill next man up
1: right <laughs> and this, this is a purdue team i feel is close and there there's not a lot that needs to be fixed but the things that need to be fixed are are significant and You fix that offensive line, you find a way to get better at this point, then things are going to improve quickly. You
2: know it's crazy, and this and this is something I learned in my my Grey Cup season. The offensive line can take a lot of pressure off of everybody else, and this is literally strictly speaking from the offensive line Mm -hmm. because the offensive line protects the quarterback. It protects the running back. You protect the quarterback in the running back, now the passing game opens up. The passing game opens up, you're scoring points. Let's say the running game opens up. Now you're on the field a lot longer. But guess who's benefiting from y'all being on the field a lot longer? The defensive line and the linebackers. So now when they come out on the field, they're fresh. (laughs) Fresh guys equals more effort. (laughs) I'm telling if if Purdue want to turn around, fix the offensive line, and everything else will fall into place.
1: Absolutely, and that that's what everybody wants to do. Why do you think Wisconsin's so good every year? You know, I'd love to see what you would have done running behind Wisconsin's offensive line. My God. (laughs) I mean, not
2: don't no. I don't even want to say that, No, Because my offensive line was great. I just wish they had to give me the ball. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the one season they gave me the ball, I had a, what, 1,100 yards? Like,
1: yeah.
2: Give me give the, the ball. I, I the line was fine. I not need no extra line. My guy was great. Nice. <laughs> we just ain't put him to use. We had a Ferrari sitting in the damn garage. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. That's wonderful, man. Uh, so, so on that note, I think we'll uh, shut things down here. We do appreciate you listening. Uh, definitely give us some feedback and that whatnot. We'll be back here in a couple days to talk about the Illinois Fighting Illini and the battle for the Purdue Cannon. But until then, for Corey Sheets, for myself, Travis Miller of Hammerandrails.com, we appreciate you for listening to the Behind the Rails podcast and Boiler Up.
2: Yay, BTFU on my end.